You're listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Well, good morning, Cypress family. My name is John Wyatt. I am the high school pastor here. Um, (laughs) Thank you, Nikki. Um, I get the incredible privilege of working with the high school and this summer junior high as we've been on some incredible adventures uh, together from the beach to going to Hume Lake to um, going to New Orleans and serving at a um, day camp and doing VBS there. Um, It's a sweet privilege to work with these students. It's rad. God is doing some deep things and I get paid to do that. So it's awesome. I love it. Um, So I'm really thankful to be here. If you're new this morning, welcome and um, hope that you can find a place of belonging here. Um, at Cypress Church. So this morning we're going to continue in our series of beholding, beholding and grasping for the intangible God. And it doesn't get much more intangible than the Holy Spirit, which is the seal of our King, which is the seal of God. You see, this morning we're going to focus on the person of the Holy Spirit and how um, we don't really talk about this phrase a lot, sealing, um, like a seal, it's not something that we use these days, but it's really important because it actually tells us, the Bible is going to show us that with this seal, we have the Holy Spirit of God actually living inside of us. Um, today, is, this is very significant for us as Christians because there's no middleman between us and God anymore. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, because of actually before the cross, the way he lived, the way he ministered, his death, his burial, his resurrection, because of what Jesus did, we now have direct access through the Spirit uh, to God, which is incredible. And it's exciting to think about that. And it's also really affirming and encouraging when we have doubts in our faith, that we actually have the deposit of the Holy Spirit deep within us. And so what I want to do this morning is we're going to open God's Word. And the cool thing about the Holy Spirit being our seal is that this seal points to something that is far greater. It points to a day that is far better than where we're at now. It's a day of incredible day of hope. We can hope today in the promises that God has for us tomorrow. So, but the word, the word again, seal, we don't really use a lot. So um, we're gonna, I'm going to try to break it down for you a little bit. Um, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of the word seal? Like something's been sealed. You know, think about that. Right. Probably something like this maybe. Right? There's a letter. There's an imprint, some wax. Uh, next slide. Usually a king or a very important person would melt down a candle of wax and then they would seal it um, with their ring or they would use um, some kind of uh, metal or they would use bone or they would use something to close the letter up. Um, When you hear the word seal, you might also think, because we don't really do this nowadays, um, but if you go to the Hallmark store and you buy a card for someone, usually get the little gold seal, you know, to stick on there and that... But we don't really use seals because now envelopes are self-sealing, you know? And stamps, we don't have to lick stamps anymore because they're sticking on there. Um, But again, we don't do this today. But actually, you probably are aware of seals and you probably don't know it. Uh, Next slide. This past two weeks, right, we've been watching the Olympics. And for some of us, we've been staying up way too late and watching Olympics because the good stuff, like gymnastics and volleyball, is on at like 11 plus. And that's not good for us that actually work the next day. But... When you see a gold medal or the silver medal or the bronze medal, you see, whoa, this represents the Olympics. The person that has this seal around their neck is an Olympian. They are a champion. 
we see those things. Um, maybe another place that we see a seal is um, the California seal. You know, if you get something in the mail and it has that seal on it, you probably shouldn't shred it. You know, it's probably from the government or the DMV or something that's saying, oh, snap, this is from the state of California. I need to make sure that I read it. Uh, next slide. Also, seals usually represent institutions or universities or colleges. These are two of my favorite. Uh, Biola University, I spent 14 years there studying and, work, and I worked there for eight years. I did my BA and my MDiv. Um, my wife, Debbie, is actually a resident director in one of the dorms, so we still live in the dorms at Biola. Um, hashtag college for life. And um, so I love Biola. It's a great institution. And then also my mother-in-law would be proud. She's a graduate of SC, so I'm really looking forward to football season coming up. And in fact, this morning when I was going through McDonald's to get some breakfast before I came, um, the car in front of me, she was an, the lady was an alumni of SC, and on it were these two seals. Okay? Again, seals represent, if you're an alumni of an institution, you've been there, you've studied, you've been under its mission, its purpose, and why it's there. But not only seals for colleges, actually the office of the president of the United States has its very own seal. Wherever the tr president goes, that seal is with them. This is the seal of the president of the United States. That's on Marine One, the helicopter that um, the president rides around in. Also, whenever the president rides around in the presidential limousine, AKA the beast, that's what they call it, because it's like impenetrable. That seal goes with them. On Air Force One, there's also a seal on it. And anytime the president speaks, that seal is up there. It's represented saying, I am a person of authority. I have a message. And in fact, that seal is so recognizable. Whenever the president, no matter who it is, whenever the president is traveling, there's always two. There's two Air Force Ones. There's two Marine One helicopters. There's two presidential limousines. And that's so nobody knows exactly where the president is and for protection. So again, these seals kind of come up in everyday life. Again, they represent someone that is in authority who has a specific mission or purpose. And when we see this seal, um, that's what they represent. But today in God's word, we're going to look at Paul. And Paul is going to talk about how the Holy Spirit is our seal that we belong to God. The seal of the Holy Spirit is saying, wow, we're with him. It represents Yahweh, the God of the Bible. The Holy Spirit is a mark of those who are in Jesus Christ. So this morning, my prayer is that you'd be able to behold the God who is actually with us. You know, the name Emmanuel is not just a name that we throw around. It's actually God delivering on his promise and who Jesus was. And now that Jesus is up in heaven, he gives us his spirit to be with us, and to seal us in ways. I hope this morning that you'd be able to behold God, that he, as he invites you to trust him more deeply, belong to him more assuredly, that you'd be able to hope in him, and that that would end up in the way you live your life and worship him. So let's pray. And as you pray, one thing I do in youth group is I have the students hold their hands open. So this morning as we come to God's word, just hold your hands open. All of us are coming from different stories. All of us came in with heavy things in our hearts. Maybe some of us had a fight with our spouse on the way in. Maybe we wanted to drop the kids off and never come back. <laughs> Maybe <clears throat> things are going really, really well. Maybe things are really tight financially and we don't know how we're going to put food on the table tonight. We know what the Lord knows that. And the Lord has you here. And his arms are strong enough. And his character is sure enough that we can bring with him 
whatever we have. And so, Lord, this morning, would you take what's in our hands and our hearts? Would you take the openness that we have as we present ourselves to you? Would you do a mighty work in us through your word and by your spirit? In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Go ahead and raise your hand and our ushers will gladly bring you one um, that you can use this morning. So, Ephesians chapter 1. And what I want to do is put a little context um, for uh, the book of Ephesians. Um, Paul here is under actual house arrest. He's under lock and key and he's getting... Um, he's getting yeah, he's getting watched over by the Roman guard because he's in prison. And so not only that, but the whole, uh, Paul is under the gaze of the Holy Spirit. He's under the watch of the Holy Spirit, and he's actually being filled in a way that Paul actually just goes completely off on this amazing praise report, this amazing declaration of adoration for who God is. If you look in Ephesians 1, uh, verse, actually starting in verse 3 to verse 14, in the Greek, it's one sentence. It's one run-on sentence that keeps going and going and going like the Energizer Bunny. He doesn't stop. He's just full of God's spirit, and he's just praising and praising and praising. There's no commas. There's no exclamation points. There's nothing because Paul is just filled with the spirit. And you see what he's doing is he's wanting the believers in Ephesus to really grasp onto the fact that they are now in Christ because, you see, the city of Ephesus was one of magicians where they used amulets and incantations and they would use spiritual rituals, seeking belonging, deliverance. They, would <clears throat> find, they wanted to find purpose and security. And so they would do these things and try to like make it happen. Paul's wanting the believers to know in Ephesus that all security, all deliverance, all salvation and purpose is found in Jesus Christ, in him alone. And so Paul is writing to the churches there and he's wanting to encourage them. But this morning, we're not going to dissect all of verses 3 through 14. But if anything, we're going to come and we're going to look at the end of this incredible praise report. Um, it's a rich introduction of what God is doing through what Jesus did by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the first thing we're going to see this morning is that the Holy Spirit is a seal of salvation. A seal of salvation. You see, we are sealed with the, God's living spirit at the moment that we believe. Our new life is in Christ by the Holy Spirit as soon as we accept God's plan and God's person in Jesus Christ. You see, we are saved and sealed at exactly the same time. Go ahead and read with me verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 1. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So because Paul has no punctuation, we put in the punctuations to make it readable in English. Uh, one way to actually read this that might be helpful is like this. In him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed. So it's not just hearing God's word, hearing God's plan, hearing God's um, message. It's hearing it and believing it. And when that happens, we are stamped with God's seal. We are stamped with God's Holy Spirit, the actual Holy Spirit. And so what I want to do is give you an example of what it would look like back in uh, biblical times. So I'm going to show you some. <clears throat> these are actually, this is really cool. We've been doing apologetics um, in a uh, youth group. And so these are actual fragments that 
um, support our faith. And so what would happen is a message from a king would be scrolled out on a piece of papyrus, rolled up with twine or some kind of rope or ribbon, and then they would use clay to seal it. And they would, they would put their, uh, we'll see later, put a ring on it, or they would put their image on it to seal it around a piece of papyrus. Um, next slide, please. So you've heard of King Nebuchadnezzar. He's the one that was with Daniel, um, that Daniel served under. Well, these were all seals of Nebuchadnezzar from 587 B.C. And then on the back of the seal, there's like fingerprints, string, maybe hair, whatever was kind of caught up underneath the scroll. So again, this shows us that Nebuchadnezzar actually existed and what we can read in the Bible is true. Next slide. Maybe you've heard of Herod the Great. Herod the Great was the one who sent out a decree in all of the land that the firstborn son of every family should be killed because he heard rumors that the Messiah, that the king of the Jews was rising up and he wanted to take care of it. This was probably the seal that was on that decree, on all the decrees that was sent out in all the land to take care of that. Uh, Next slide. And then Pontius Pilate. Again, Pontius Pilate, you know, the one that had the decision to crucify Jesus or not, this was his seal. This was what, it has the year on it, it has his name, it has a couple of stalks of wheat. Again, just representing that with whatever information is wrapped up in this scroll, it's sealed with the authority of the one behind it these kings or these rulers. So we see here, um, excuse me. yeah, so the presence of the Holy Spirit, what it does is on the moment we're saved, it actually authenticates our faith. It shows the genuineness of our belief in God's message and God's son. It shows our acceptance. It's the God's actual living presence inside of us, residing in us, making its home in us, and being a living salvation every single day. Let's look at Romans eight eleven. It says, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. That's a powerful, powerful truth of the Christian faith, that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that same Spirit is alive in us today. And it is available to every single believer who puts their faith and hope and trust in Jesus Christ. That is available to us. That resides in us. And it's amazing because before Christ, BC, we were dead in our trespasses and sin, locked in to sin. There's no way for us to get out. There was no way for us to live. But Jesus comes on the scene and resets. He turns the world upside down. And for those that trust now, as opposed to being alone, we are over here and we have God's actual presence our salvation living in us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's an incredible seal. And this seal, this Holy Spirit, is the promised Holy Spirit, Paul says. Again, God was doing something in the past, in the Old Testament, um, that he's wanting uh, to do today. You see, one thing I tell the students in the youth group, we've been studying the Holy Spirit, and one thing I told them is that in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come down on someone, would feel like David the king, give them incredible victory, um, fill them, and there would be filling the spirit. They would write out God's word, and then it would leave, though. So the children of Israel are longing for a day when God would be with them forever. And um, look with me now in Ezekiel 36. God says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove, remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll take that hard heart and make it a soft heart. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes 
and be careful to obey all my rules. Again, God is, the Old Testament, they're waiting for a day when God would be with them, that God would indwell them, that God would empower them and not leave them. And then we have also Jesus. Jesus comes. That's like the most perfect form of God being with us, Jesus. But Jesus also was leaving. And so Jesus says at the end of the Gospel of Luke, Behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay clothed, or stay close to the city until you're clothed with power from on high. Again, this promise, this is the promise of God's Spirit. And we know post Jesus leaving, he sends on the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit to fill the lives of believers. And so now when those who believe, they are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So not only is the Holy Spirit a seal of our salvation, but also the Holy Spirit is a seal of belonging. It's a seal of us belonging to God. As we've seen, ancient seals were usually marked with a physical impression of a king, a deity, a name. And most of the time it had like, a, it would show an image of a heroic scene from uh, the king's life or something like that. Um, let me, next slide, please. Um, here's an example of Hebrew rings, signet rings or seals that would seal an actual document. Uh, can you go back one? Um, at the top there, there's a scene of like, a dove and stuff like that. On the bottom, there's like a raven. There's names. So again, the king would put this on. Next slide. And they would press it in. Next slide. And it would make this imprint in the clay. This is really, really cool. This was found at the site of King David's palace um, with the name Gedalia. Uh, or go back one, sorry. And it was a well-known scribe as documented uh, in Jeremiah 38. So King, uh, king Zedekiah, the king of Israel, this is so cool because this shows us the Bible we read represents the actual history that happened. This was King Zedekiah's um, seal. Next one. This is another cool one too. In 1 Kings, uh, the King Hezekiah, this was his seal uh, of approval. This was his seal that he made all of his messages in. So again, I'm showing you these things as a way to demonstrate what a seal is, but it's also so incredible because our faith is backed up with incredible history and reliability which is really, really awesome. And then lastly, I want to show you this one. This is that heroic scene. This is, a, this is an actual seal from uh, King Xerxes. Now, King Xerxes was the king in the book of Esther. He goes by a different name um, in Esther, but King Xerxes is in the book of Esther. And I'd really encourage you, if you have time, sometime, read through uh, the book of Esther. A couple of weekends ago, because uh, my wife, Debbie, is 33 weeks pregnant yesterday, which is awesome. I've kind of got baby on the... We both have baby on the brain. She has baby in the body a lot more than me. Um, but I'm reading through Esther because I wanted to... Um, I just wanted to read about a young woman who made an incredible difference in God's kingdom. And I really respect Esther, and I really admire the relationship that Esther had with her uncle, Mordecai, and how Mordecai prepared her to live in the culture that was very different from her own. But what was totally crazy to me was when I was reading this, there's two sections in the, in the book of Esther that have everything to do with a seal, everything to do with a signet ring. It's crazy. And I knew I was speaking on this in a couple of weeks and I was like, whoa, you know, I would really encourage you, if you have time, check out the book of Esther and I'd really encourage you to read it all in one sitting. It's only 10 chapters, but if you can read it all in one sitting, you will just get overwhelmed with the awesome adventure um, and provision of God working through his people. And you'll get to see, too, the power of the ring because the ring shows the authority. It shows you don't mess with it because it represents the king's decree. 
And it's really cool because there's a scene in there where the pagan king says, um, take my ring, write up this decree, and remember that nothing and no one can revoke the seal of the king. And like, that's a pagan God. How much more so in our life, our seal, which is the Holy Spirit, will never be revoked because it is, we are stamped with God's incredible, incredible guarantee that we belong to him. Read with me, 2 Corinthians 1. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and has also put his seal on us and given us his Holy Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. You see, this Holy Spirit is a divine declaration. It's saying, hey, they belong to me. They come in the power of my name. The very presence of God's Spirit indwelling us is a seal of God's ownership over us. With ownership comes the blessing of eternal protection and security. You see, God guards his possession against theft and destruction. Pastor Rich a few weeks ago was talking about how God is our shepherd, right? And then he also talked about how Jesus claims to be our good shepherd. The good shepherd who's not going to run away like a hired hand when danger comes. A good shepherd who's not going to take advantage of us, but he's actually going to direct us to where we're supposed to be because he's the good shepherd who watches over his sheep. He says, I'm not going to be like the thief who comes to steal, seek you out and destroy you, but I'm going to come and give you life more abundantly. And the shepherd would lay down his life for the sheep. You see, with ownership comes this. God's seal in the Holy Spirit is telling us and others that we belong to him. Read with me in John chapter 10. Jesus says, I give them the sheep eternal life and they, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them from the father's hand. And I and the father are one. The good shepherd, nothing can shake him from his hand. You see, when we have ownership over something, we take care of it. Why? Because we've invested in it, especially if you paid a high cost for it. Uh, this picture, um, so Debbie and I, um, when we found out we were pregnant, we knew one day we wanted to move out of our little Civic and get, you know, a kind of a bigger car uh, for the baby. And it was funny, when I was working at Biola and we got this car, my buddies were like, are you guys pregnant? Is that like a baby mobile? And we hadn't told anybody yet. So we're like, I'm like, I don't know. We always wanted a pilot, you know. Um, but I tell you what, this purchase cost a lot, a lot of money for us. It was the biggest purchase that I had ever made in my life up until that point. Up until that point, I think the most I had spent was on my MacBook Pro. And that was a lot for me, you know. But Debbie and I worked really hard to um, purchase this and to save money. And once we bought it, you know, the bank account went down. But I tell you what, though, I, this, this used car is so nice, and I really try to make sure I don't scrape the rims. I really try to make sure that I don't spill anything. I'm, I make sure that it's clean. I'm like, Deb, I'll get a car wash for you. You know, make it work. Why? Because I own it. And for us, it was a great, at great cost, you know. Now take this in. That's a car. How much more so will God take care of, protect, and watch over us because we are his possession. We are his sheep. And you know what God did? He paid the ultimate cost, that of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. God will watch over us. He will protect us. This seal is a reminder to us that we will be with him. God not only seals us with the Holy Spirit, 
but he also seals us. And it's a, it's a reminder that, hey, when you have the seal of the Holy Spirit, you are now part of the family of God. You now belong to him in what he's doing in his people. Would you read with me Ephesians 2, 19 through 22? So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, those who are outside, but you are now fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Skip down to 22. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by his spirit. Praise the Lord that when we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, it's just not me and God anymore. It's us together with God. And that's what the church represents in a lot of ways, that reality of us belonging to God's family, us belonging to God. So not only is the Holy Spirit the seal of our salvation, a seal of our belonging, but also the Holy Spirit is a seal of a promise. The Holy Spirit is a seal of promise. You see, this promise is a guarantee, a down payment, a first installment, if you will, a pledge, a hope, an inheritance. It's pointing towards something that is far greater than we could ever think up or imagine on our own. Read with me verse 14 of Ephesians 2. It says, uh, right before, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we require possession of this to the praise of his glory. You see, the Holy Spirit is now becomes a guarantee of us, a guarantee to us because of who God is and what he has done. A promise is only as good, though, as what? The person who's making the promise, you know? It's only as good as the character, the reliability, and the trustworthiness of the one making the claim. You see, God is the one who's making this promise. God is the one who says, with this down payment of the seal of the Spirit, hey, I'll be back for you. And in the same way, the modern Greek word for this uh, inheritance here, this guarantee, is wedding ring, is an engagement ring. And what does an engagement ring represent? It represents a longing for a future day together with the one you love, right? It's a longing for a face-to-face relationship for the rest of your life with the one that you've given your heart to. And the Holy Spirit is exactly that. The Holy Spirit is a preview of coming attractions. The Holy Spirit is a preview of that relationship and is a picture of heaven. Read with me Philippians 3, 20. It says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, because of his power, enables him to bring everything under his control. Again, with this seal on us, in the same way that an engagement ring points towards a marriage, it also gives the woman something to hold on to today, right? That's the bummer about getting engaged for guys. You give away the ring that you saved up for, you don't really get to hold it, you know? You get a Facebook announcement, but that's about it, you know? <laughs> but the woman gets a nice rock to, like, be proud of, and everyone's like, oh, look at that, look at that, you know? And you're just, like, raising your hand, scratching your head. People are seeing it. But the guy doesn't get that. But again, that, that engagement ring is saying, hey, sweetie, this is a preview. We're going to get there. We're going to have a marriage together. It's something to hold on to right now. And the Holy Spirit is that seal of us to tell us, hey, hold on, keep going. Um, We're going to get to heaven. And you know, God had our full and final redemption in view. He had that day in view when he saved us from the very beginning and he sealed us with his spirit. 1 Peter 3 through 5 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his great mercy, he has given us new birth, into a living hope for the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. 
and into an inheritance that can never perish, never spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you through faith, through, uh, who through faith are shielded by God's power. Whoa, God is our shepherd. Until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. This is a powerful verse because it pretty much sums up everything we've talked about. That through faith we are shielded by God's power until the coming salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. That's amazing. That's so encouraging because you know what? It can be really hard some days. It can be really hard some days to hold on to the promises of God. But the Holy Spirit inside of us is the one that's going to help remind us, oh yeah, that's right. There is a day coming when he is going to take care of it all. He's going to say, peace be still over all the chaos in this world and in our life. And so the Holy Spirit is a seal of our salvation, our belonging, promise. And then lastly, the Holy Spirit is a seal of praise. It's a seal of praise. So I picked this image because I really liked it. One, because it's a triangle, so it kind of represents the Trinity. The dove there representing the Holy Spirit. It is a seal. But I really like the angels on the side because it reminds me that God sent his spirit as a seal of praise. It's a praise. Um, Look with me in verse 14. Again, at the very end, it says, the Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Look up with me in verse 6. To the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Look down in verse 12. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ may be to the praise of his glory. Again, all of this is going back to praising God for what he has done. There's a hope of glory. There's this future. This, it's more of like a guaranteed future that we will be with God and we will be praising him forever because of the great things that he has done. You see, the final aim of this seal is a joyful celebration, a joyful praise of God's glory and who he is. The ultimate, this ultimate destination lands us on our knees in worship. This isn't something new. This isn't something that God has thought up all of a sudden just because the Holy Spirit's here. No, this is what God has been doing throughout all of the Bible and all of salvation history. Look with me in Exodus 9. It says, but I raised you up. He's talking to Israel through Moses. I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. God created the children of Israel because he wanted to bless their socks off. He wanted to show and demonstrate how good of a God he was through these people, not just for them, but so that they would be a blessing to those around him in their community, in their world. Again, God is wanting his name to be proclaimed in all the earth. And the praise is the final aim of heaven in the last days. Read with me Revelation 5. And then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands upon thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth, wisdom and might, honor and glory and blessing. And then verse 13. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that was within saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor glory and might forever and ever. And it says the four living creatures said, amen. Amen means so let it be. Let this praise actually be the reality. And the elders fell down and worshiped him. 
You see, one thing I've been really talking with the students lately up in youth group is that our worship begins way before we open our mouth to sing a song. Our worship begins of God way before we get to youth group. Our worship of God is in the little decisions we make each day. And as our life has the seal of the Holy Spirit, it's a seal of praise, praise that reminds us of the reality that every day God is being blessed, he's being glorified, he's being worshiped up in heaven by his angels and all those who dwell there. Again, God seals us with his Holy Spirit to give us purpose, to point us to a day that we can hope in. So God's Spirit is a sign and a seal of our salvation, a seal of belonging, promise, and praise. Let's pray. And as you pray, let the Holy Spirit search your heart. There's a lot that's been said today. There's a lot that's been sung today. What might the Spirit wanting to be pointing out to you this morning? Let the Spirit search your heart.